fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to FGGBT. Now, this is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology, and we make it a reality. We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn, with me. The physics phenom, Dr. Michael Denon. Dan, it is so awesome to be here. I just want to say a little bit of foreshadowing, maybe mm -hmm. a slight spoiler alert. I know what wish you would lose. It's the wish that Mike Denon never picked a musical again. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. I was going to say that we make fi fictional science a reality, and nowhere is that better than making than doing that as in a wish episode, uh, because we are going to wish things into existence. That's what we do. Uh, and I feel like one of my wishes came right into existence when I met the enigmatic engineer Ben Seepser. Ben, what fantastical things are you working on up there in the brain station? You know, Dan, this week I was unpacking my most recent supply shipment, and inside it I found this incredibly creepy amputated monkey paw with three <laughs> fingers extended. I'm really wondering why they sent this to me. Uh, do you have any ideas? I do. I do. I have three ideas, and we'll talk about those later. Uh, we'll, we'll have a little powwow. I'll put pow this wow. down while we're talking today, right? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. Yes, I would place it down, set it uh, be, as far from you as possible uh, for, for the time being. Uh, but you're right, Denon. You know, you, you foreshadowed something that I think is very true. And I want to, you know, this is both a wish and a promise to our audience that, um, you know, I wish that musicals were banned from existence, you know. <laughs> Uh, and if I can't have that, I will use my authoritarian power and ban them from future episodes. So um, <laughs> that may be what happens. But I have you to blame for that, Denon. And the Disney movie Wish, which has inspired this episode, that's on you, Denon. No, it is. And I take full credit for this one. Um, I have to say. <laughs> I, no, I do. I take credit. Credit slash blame. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, the, there's three musicals that we'll have, you know, done. In, mm -hmm. in close succession, all my suggestion. Two out of the three mm -hmm. I really like and stand by. Um, mm -hmm. One I may not stand by so strongly, but you know we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get to that in a later episode, despite your promise we're never going to do this again. You may be premature, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've already prepared these episodes, but yes, uh, yeah. future ones. You know, it's funny. I don't know why. I, yeah, musicals are just not my thing. Uh, what about you, Ben? I mean, you seem like a guy who loves to have a little song and dance in his life you know i don't mind it at all dan uh i think for me entertainment just you know washes over me and whether it's a musical <laughs> or a non-musical as long as i'm liking the story uh mm -hmm. you know a jaunty tune d can only enhance the experience <laughs> Well, I don't know about only enhance, but I will let you, uh, you know, we will all have uh, differing opinions. I will agree, disagree on musicals, but that's not what we're here to do. We're not here to debate, you know, the entire Broadway scene in New York. What we're here to do is talk about wishes. You know, what are they? What can they do? How can we make them? And I think we have to start at the beginning, guys. What is a wish? What is it to you? You know, to me, I think it's a deeply held desire, something we want to be true that isn't necessarily. Some of these can change reality. Some of these can, you know, just alter your reality. Uh, maybe it's all mental. I don't know. It's kind of fluid for me. What about you, Denon? You seem like a guy who, on his surface, would have all kinds of nice desires to help humanity, but deep down, there's a darkness inside you, Denon, and I'm scared what would be unleashed if your wishes came true. 
Well, Dan, I would like to clarify, it's not so much a darkness as a burning fire, so it's pretty bright. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. right. A bright but darkness. I, a bright darkness. But, but I will say what's really interesting, and this movie kind of did it for me, is mm-hmm. I realized I do distinguish, shockingly, between my dreams and my wishes. And if I okay. think through my life, I had three big dreams in my life. One, get the Nobel Prize in physics. Two, play professional golf as my career instead of be a professor. And three, play on the World Cup in the World Cup. I do tend to score the uh, winning goal for that, um, which is really fun. Now, sure. those are Would dreams. Be. But, like, if I think of all the times I've made wishes, um, mm-hmm. I, I tend to get very materialistic, Dan. And so your darkness is not too far off. You know, I tend to wish for things like money, big houses, flying first class, you know. Um, mm-hmm. All the you know sort of benefits of that material wealth. So I, I actually put things in these weird two categories: dreams and wishes. And the wishes are you know fairly personal, selfish, and materialistic. That's interesting. I, I think I might have a slightly different uh, uh, definition for these things than you do. <laughs> I, I think in my mind, the the dream is something you can work to achieve. Like I, I mean, you can't you can dream of being the World Cup you know, goal-winning scorer. But you can also dream about being a good, like a scratch golfer. And that's something you can work towards achieving. Whereas like the wish, these materialistic things, I feel like when you're making the wish, you're you're acknowledging that this is something you can't really achieve on your own. Like mm-hmm. you wish for the mansion. Now, some people can achieve the mansion. <laughs> but, you know, you also could say wish for world peace, which is basically unachievable. Uh mm-hmm. Certainly, by me, it's unachievable. Uh, but you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe someday I'll, uh, I'll like King Magnifico. I'll be uh, in charge in a way that lets me get world peace. <laughs> you mean being a dictator? I think is what you mean. Yes. That's the only way no, to get no, that no, done. No, no, no. I, 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 I got it all figured out, Dan. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, all right. You, you got a plan. I know you do. But you, this is a great distinction, Ben. Is a yeah. dream is I feel like it's something you want to work towards. Mm-hmm. And a wish is something you don't want to put the work in to do, right? Yeah, and you just want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you can do sit-ups every day if you want a washboard stomach. Or the wish is you get that little, uh, you know, electric pulse thing that you just stick on your abs <laughs> and then sit around and eat potato chips and watch TV, right? That's the wish, Whereas the hard work is the dream, I think. I, I don't know. I really do like that, Dan, though I will have yeah. to say, since we are doing Wish, it is worth it to briefly quote another Disney movie and clarify that a dream is a wish your heart makes. Um, an mm. obscure reference for those who want to go way back in Disney. Sure, that's cool. That's <laughs> digging into I the vault out there, there for the few Disney fans in our fan base, Dan. Yeah, you really are pull, going digging deep for that one. Uh, well, so look, if we have these dreams, if we do want to cut out the middleman and just get right to you know our heart's deepest desires, there's a couple ways you can do it. I'm going to go through a quick list. So, of course, you've got birthday wishes. You make your wish, blow out your candles, everything comes true. Ladybugs, uh, I think you catch a ladybug and you make a wish and it flies away, or it flies away and you make your wish as it's going away. It's a complex situation here. I don't exactly know how it works, but I know ladybugs and wishes are connected. Stray eyelashes as well. You know, an eyelash falls out, you cake it, make a wish, blow on it, bada bing, bada boom. You know, your wish is at home when you get there. Uh, coins in a well, you know, called a wishing well for a reason. Take a nickel, take a penny quarter. I don't know if the amount of money you throw in has a higher percentage of granting the wish. I don't really know how that works, but I feel like there's rules, but that's another way to do it. 
stars. You can make your wish on the first star you see tonight, uh, as the song goes, or you can wish on a shooting star. Uh, those are a little more rare than just stars in the sky, uh, I think, as we can would all agree, but that's another way to do it. And of course, one of my favorites, you know, maybe this is a wholly American thing because, you know, when Thanksgiving rolls around, you know, you've got the wishbone and the turkey, you dry it out, you wrestle with your siblings, you know, your mom, or even maybe a crazy uncle. I don't know who's aggressive in your family, but that's who you're going to be going up against. And whoever gets the bigger piece gets their wish granted, which is, you know, that's a great part of that holiday. And I will also say, if you want to turn this around and instead of asking for something, if you want to give something, there's the Make-A-Wish Foundation where you can make um, a little little kid's dream come true. And you can be on the other end of that spectrum and you can be the genie and, and stop being, you know, someone who's just asking for things in the world. You can give back then and, and I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah, no, I, and I love the idea of the giving back. I mean, that really is the heart of, of this wish, and it shows that real wishes can come true, and mm -hmm. you don't always need magic to do it. But what, what I love about that list, Dan, is I had never really thought this through in this fashion, and, and I think you kind of nailed it. You had all these different ways of doing it, and then you said there's the turkey bone wish, and it's mm -hmm. very American. Yeah, well, definitely. it's the only process that is truly competitive. Like you mm -hmm. have to actually compete against someone for your wish. Yep. All the other ones, it's just you. And what is not more American than competing yeah. for the wish and making sure there's a loser? Because we, right. we actually like having winners, but what's more important in the American way is that somebody lost. That's yes. what mm -hmm. actually has to happen. And yeah. so I, I love that. I'm, I'm very excited about that new wish making. Uh, well, it's not new, but no, you know, it's, it's a new, new idea to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, Dennis, I agree with you. Winners and losers, that's the American way. But we got this soft generation coming up now. Ben, you're a part of it. That <laughs> wants us to go away where everyone wins. That's not how it works. If you want to wish, you got to. It's, it's not, enough of this, like just asking for things and having them just appear. You got to work for it. You got to beat someone, and then you can have your wishes come yeah. true. I agree with you, Denon. That's wholly American. And I think it's the way God intended wishes to be granted. <laughs> well, well, and speaking of. Uh, soft skills you know I'm, I'm now considering why is it that so many of these star wishes don't come true I think it's our bad education because <laughs> people are probably wishing on Mars and Venus because they think it's a star and that would be the first star you see tonight because it's the brightest yeah. one brightest object in the sky <laughs> oh I love that I, Venus is probably getting a lot of wishes and just sitting up there mm -hmm. going what are you dudes doing I don't right. grant wishes stop That's talking right. to me <laughs> once again I think we've solved it with science I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's what we do. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, not only do we solve things with science, but we solve it with the legal process. And I feel like a lot of these wish uh, uh, vehicles of wishing have a lot of complex rules, you know, mm -hmm. not the least of which is if you tell someone your wish, it won't come true. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know quite why that's the case, but I feel like the wishing gods or, you know, the gremlins or the pixies or whatever you think grants the wish genies, uh, maybe they're, they don't want their secret being told. I don't know what the, the reason is here, but for some reason that's, there, there are these back avenue channels for these wishes to not happen. Well, Dan, I'm a little disappointed in you. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you've been listening to me long enough to know that it's one of two I things. I definitely and, have done it. Definitely have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's clearly not foam in this case. No. Um, shock, shocking to our you know viewers. Spoiler um, alert. But but what this is? It's a it's a simple quantum effect, Dan. We mm -hmm. know that when you observe things, everything gets changed. 
right? And sharing your wish is a clear observation by the person who hears it that collapses the wave function that is in the process of generating your wish, making it all go away. So it's a simple collapse of the wave function problem. It's pure science. And, you know, we all know that every fairy, goblin, and wish-granting entity still has to obey the law of quantum mechanics, Dan. I would hope so. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, I mean, sometimes we wish they didn't, but they have to, Denon. Uh, I think that's a great solve. And there's this other, you know, um, interesting part of the wish phenomenon, right? Um, And that is there's two types of wishes. There is a wish where if you say, I want a million dollars, you get a million dollars. And your life from that point forward is changed, you know, completely. But there's also some of these, like you mentioned, world peace, Ben. If I were to wish for world peace... That requires an almost fundamental rewriting of history, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, and, and completely altering the fabric of reality. You know, a kind of a, a retroactive uh, wish. And these seem very difficult to grant. The altering of reality, I think you have to create like an entire quantum universe where whatever you want is true and then transport you there. That would yeah. be my solve. But I don't know that that's the easy way to do it. But I don't. there's a lot going on. There's two different types of wishes. And we got to get to the bottom of that, too. Well, I mean, the easy solve for world peace is like we get hit by an asteroid and everything dies. And then it's it's not peaceful for like that, you know, moment. And then it's peaceful forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's true. If we get 100 percent annihilation uh, instead of just the 95 that I think yeah. the precambian explosion gave us. Exactly. <laughs> well, when you look at that. So I, I love Ben's example because, Dan, you're right. There's the difference between the forward looking and the past looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's actually a little subtle because world peace falls into two categories. You can do it either way. There's dr- the dramatic asteroid method of generating world peace. Um, there's also a great science fiction story I read where all they do is make insurance companies cover injuries during war. And suddenly mm. um, the insurance companies um, turn out to be more powerful than the military industrial complex and yep. don't want to pay for injuries during war. Mm. Um, there might still be minor conflicts, but they just don't involve any physical violence. It's like <laughs> rigorous debate. Mm, sure. <laughs> um, but but you could imagine, obviously, with world peace, going back in time and changing the entire history of humanity so we're just not mad at each other, um, which does seem the harder way to go. I, I think it's interesting. I think there are some things that you can only do going backwards and reorganizing. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, Mm -hmm. I really think, for instance, climate change is one that you would have to dramatically change the past if you want us to be in a different place. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if I'm really bad at making the wish, we might have Ben's meteor solution, which is you just wipe out the atmosphere with a meteor and then, you know, you remove the greenhouse gas effect and we're not warming anymore and we're more like Mars. I don't know if that's the solution Ben will go Mm. for, but I'm going to be a little more careful and say climate change, but we're still alive. (laughs) Yeah, you, you always got to, you know, you got to add those little bits or the, the you know, the wish granters will get you. Uh, you know, climate change is an interesting one because that one, I think you don't have to go that far back. You really just got to take, you know, we have to like take away a little bit of lobbying pow- power from certain, uh, certain uh, fossil fuel corporations about eh, 40, 50 years ago. And all of a sudden, uh, we, we actually, you know, do switch to solar or reduce our reliance on fossil fuels and and maybe not completely reverse what's happening 
but maybe hold at a lower steady point than what we're currently uh, heading towards. Yeah, it is true. But I mean, for the wish grantor, it is a lot of work. There's a lot of rewriting yes. because oh, yeah. when you have like uh, anything retroactive or even something going forward, right? There's these laws of unintended consequences that seem to happen, right? You know, mm-hmm. if someone wins the lottery, you know, there, there's no, uh, well, almost everyone runs out of money within five to seven years. I mean, and that's true whether you win the Powerball or if you win the lottery by making it to the NBA or the NFL, right, where you suddenly have a windfall mm-hmm. of money through even if it's hard work or random chance, right? It happens. There's things that happen that you can't really account for. But I think this is what I love is, you know, as a master of film and television, I love stories. I love narrative. And there's nothing I love more. You know, and this is this is a warning to you, Ben, with that monkey paw you got sitting mm-hmm. around in, in the brain station. That story about the <laughs> monkey paw is a perfect example of if you don't word things properly, you know, there's a strong legal component here, guys. Uh, <laughs> if you don't word your mm-hmm. wish wish properly, there's something about wish granters that's a little conniving, you know, a little trying to be a little too clever, trying to make you responsible for your wishes. And wording it properly is important or you're, you're, you're going to get got, as the kids say. Definitely. And I think, Dan, in so many cases, even if the wish granter is not outright malicious, mm-hmm. right? It, it's almost impossible to get the wish to come out the way you want. And it's exactly this challenge we have of thinking through, you know, what do we really want? What do we really need? And what are we really going to do with it when we get it? Um, we're not very careful creatures most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and things, I, I, I have a hard time thinking of a wish movie, story, book, um, poem, I don't know, maybe there's wish poems, I don't know, um, mm. epic Greek tragedy, um, where the wishes actually work out in people's favors. Um, yeah. I, I, I mm. really, I struggle to think of one. Um, you know, there's some brief moments, even the great Disney classic Aladdin, which does also happen to be a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, things don't go real well for Aladdin or Jafar, either of the wish makers. Um, you know, the only wish that goes well is the genie being wished free. Um, and we can question how that turns out. You know, we haven't really seen what the genie's done later. <laughs> right. Well, there are more movies, but yeah, I, I haven't seen them either. <laughs> it get, yeah, it gets tricky. Well, it's funny because the genie gets set free, but still has the power to grant wishes, which seems a little funny. Um, but anyway, yeah, forget that. Um, yeah, it is interesting because I, I and I don't know if it. You're, you're right, then, and I think there is. Are the people being malicious? Is this just how? strange reality can be sometimes how life works you know because with the well i i think it may less be less maliciousness and more laziness you know okay. if, if you think about the granting of of these wishes you know we talk about oh i wish for a million dollars right um and then your parents die and you get your inheritance mm-hmm. right that's not that's not necessarily maliciousness that's the path of least resistance what's the easiest mm. way to give you a million dollars sure. It, it's that, you know, because rigging a lottery is hard. Yes, uh, right. So I, I think it, I think it's things like that where, you know, when we see these these scenarios, mm-hmm. you know, you make you make a wish for something fantastical mm-hmm. and the genie being 
a sentient being wants to achieve that in the le- the path with the path of least resistance. Yeah, I would say you know I, I'm you know uh, uh, my my brain harkens back to Monopoly and that great community <laughs> chess card that says bank error in your favor collect two hundred dollars. That seems mm-hmm. like a path of least resistance as well. Just you know let's move a decimal point. That's easier than killing your family. Don't wouldn't you agree, Ben? Although maybe for you less maybe for you less fun. I mean, the, the issue is that's that's not auditable or, or that is auditable. Right. The bank is going to figure out they screwed up. <laughs> right. And if it's if it's two hundred dollars, maybe they'll write it off and not care. Mm-hmm. But if it's a million dollars, they're probably going to, you know, figure out a way to get their money back. Right. I guess that's, that's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got me there. You got me there, Ben. But, I, you know, I will say that path of least resistance for you I mean, look, the genie doesn't or whoever's granting the wish just gives you the million dollars. They don't say about who's going to come back and get it. They didn't say it's not without its strings. Right. So, right. It gets, yeah. You know, I mean, so it gets funny down the line. But let's talk about, you know, I think you got demons and Faustian deals, you know, that old crossroad demon sell your soul, uh, get you know, mm-hmm. for, for your wish. Uh, the You know, you mentioned the monkey paw. Uh, there are I think there are entities out there who. When you don't understand the value of what you're trading for a wish, uh, like your soul, which seems to have no real function here on Earth, if there is a soul at all, uh, you can take advantage of that and give someone what they want, or you can twist that a little bit. Now, those types of stories, I think, are a little more malicious in nature. Oh, definitely. You definitely have the malicious actors, Dan, who are out to trick humanity. I mean, it's not even quite a, a wish, but just the standard story of the devil you know, mm-hmm. going out and, you know, having contests with you, the, the American wish way, right? Mm-hmm. Where right. you have a contest mm-hmm. with the devil. Like, like a the, fiddle the contest. Great, yeah. Right. Like the great fiddle contest song, right? Yeah. Now mm-hmm. there, there the devil misjudged, you know, he didn't quite, you know, judge the fiddle player quality right and had to give yeah. him the golden fiddle. Mm-hmm. But you, you do have that also someone out to get us, right, and prey upon us. I think right now they're called fishing schemes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Nigerian <laughs> you know, so, prince. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, a common, it's a common theme. We have that weakness for the easy win, right? And, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and there are many creatures out there. People beware. They're preying on you, you know. <laughs> they they, certain, they yeah. certainly are. You know, or to go to, back to my favorite, uh, my, one of my favorite shows, Futurama, with the robot devil. Mm-hmm. Who will make you a deal uh, where you can get, say, robot hands? Uh, but then you you unfortunately have the monkey paw of having cold, uh, unfeeling hands, right. even though you can be the best musician in the world. Right, and it's a trade off. You know, what do you want? Right. I mean, I think if you know it up front, I think it's okay. It's when it becomes a surprise later on that I have kind of an issue with it. But you know, we can even change our own reality. I was just listening to a podcast on the Pygmalion effect. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting studies that have been done about how expectations can guide your performance, where if you're told you're really great Mm -hmm. or that you're special, uh, you can perform really well. And, you know, I think that may have been what made me perform well in school and terribly in life, because I think I was the Pygmalion (laughs) effect. I was told I was great. I did really well. And then it turns out I'm not really that special. Um, But uh, maybe you guys don't. You know, Denon, you're you're on the Nobel Prize track here, so I don't think that that, oh, yeah, quite, that quite tracks with you. First of all, don't sell yourself so short, Dan. You're on mm-hmm. this show. How 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 bad could it be? I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I will point out, not only you're on this show, Dan, but all of us have had our wishes come true. I believe we're all on T-shirts, and you know, mm. how much better does it get than that? You know, I I of course. On the great T-shirt where, you know, I've, I've, you know, discovered the challenges of the apocalypse. 
I look really cool. My beard has improved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, really, Dan, I mean, that's that's if that isn't you dream it and it can come true. Right. I don't know what is. Well, and, and if and if you wish for me, like you were had a cool metal cyborg body, uh, you know, you've got this great T-shirt of me in my fancy cyborg form that I wish for every night um, and maybe someday it'll come true uh, so I don't have to worry about bad eyes or uh, really anything anymore when it comes to my horrible squishy body. <laughs> That's very true uh, and of course I am on the analytical mastermind you know much like the Wizard of Oz granted the scarecrow brains by handing him a diploma I call myself the analytical mastermind to tell everyone just how smart I really am and that everything I say is absolutely brilliant. You can pick all these up. I've granted your the wishes of you two by putting you on t-shirts and those out there I can grant your wish by having one of these things for your own body uh, that is G bt.com forward slash merch that's the place to get it uh so you know this really makes me think we were talking about wishes and all of there's a lot of tricks there's a lot of hang-ups there's a lot of complexity to having your wishes granted i think we can all agree on that Mm -hmm. but what if what if those desires could be snipped out of our head would that make us a better person I don't know. But the movie Wish kind of explores that where, you know, we've got the sorcerer slash scientist who's able to grant wishes with his power. uh, But he also asks for people's wishes in kind of a vetting situation where he looks at your wish, sees sees if it's worth granting. And if it's too powerful, too strong, he won't grant it. Sometimes maybe he will if it's, you know, uh, mundane or, or easy enough. And, you know, people who give their wishes willingly to this sorcerer, his name's Magneto, they forget their wish completely. And, you know, I I wonder, it's portrayed as being a bad thing, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. in the movie. I don't know whether it is or not, but it is an interesting form of like, here's your wish as a physical object that I can hang on to uh, and maybe make it reality later on. And then as our physics guy, you know, can you simply pluck a wish out of someone's head? You know, is it physical? These are, it's an interesting idea. Well, Dan, I think that's a weird way to lead into the question for me, because as a <laughs> physics guy, I would say, of course, yes, right? Because your uh-huh. brain is just chemistry and physics, and yeah. you find the pathways and you take it out. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Rarely do you surprise me, Dan. I thought the question of removing things from the brain was really our brain guy, but, you know, <laughs> what am I? But I do wish to always be the center of attention, so you're satisfying my great dreams here, Dan, so... You know, I really do appreciate that. But I do think this is something that is hypnotism. It's, you know, lots of, you know, the right drugs, hallucinogenic drugs. I mean, we don't see that being transmitted here, but maybe he gives them a little drink before they come out on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think there are ways to remove some of these um, top desires from people, because if it is your top wish... Mm-hmm. It should be top of mind, as one might say, and easy to find in the brain and figure out what are the pathways and connections to remove it. So I'm, I'm going to go with, yes, Dan, we can remove it from physics. OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking with the physics approach, there would be the you know swift uh, hit to the head. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Well, then you might uh, remove too much, Ben. We're, this is more well, surgical. Either way, you're removing the the dream. I I think it's really tricky because if something's like a really deeply held um, dream or or goal or something, uh, that's probably something that's formed by your most, if not all of your personality. 
Um, and it would be something that could probably reform really easily, um, even if you were to somehow pluck it out. So I would worry that Magnifico has to be doing some regular um, manipulation of your personality and your 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 beliefs to keep out those thoughts. But I, it, it also points to just this, you know, really bad approach. You know, we see some of the dreams of these people and man, they have some bad dreams that really aren't wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the, the grandfather's dream is to inspire young people. Like, why is that a wish? Mm-hmm. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do it though? Our young people need to be inspired. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> he thinks they do. Yeah, but he's, I, I see, I'm, I'm glad that that one is suppressed. You know, I think our, our, our youth shouldn't be inspired. I, I'm with Magnifico on, on this one. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I think we inspire the youth all the time. And I think that's important. You know, and I guess then my question was more, I, I should have said uh, as our, as our doctor of philosophy, I guess maybe I should have said that uh, oh, okay. the philosophical approach, but th- it is interesting because I'm watching this TV show called The Tourist, right? And, you know, uh, mm-hmm. amnesia is kind of one of these topics that becomes kind of a joke on, you know, soap operas. But on this right. particular show, it's very interesting because the main character um, gets amnesia and he forgets completely who he is. And it's changed his personality, right? And I think that that's an interesting approach to this. Because in the movie, you know, Wish, we do see characters, especially Simon, who gives his wish willingly. And, you know, by the laws, he's completely forgotten this wish, you know, but his he has fundamentally changed. He's become a very different person as, you know, his top ambition is completely removed. And, you know, that to me is kind of interesting. You know, is this the great way to rule society? Yeah, I think it is. I disagree with Asha, the main character in Wish. She seems to think that we need these ambitions. And I think if you want to have a society that's that's um, happy, you need to remove these wishes. You know, on another TV show I saw, someone said, I think I mentioned this in another episode, maybe you're not just not tall enough to reach your dreams. And for those people who struggle their entire lives trying to achieve something that they never will, then in, I'm sorry, you're never going to play in the World Cup. You're never going to be a professional golfer. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but could you imagine if you spent 40 years of your life trying to do something that you were never able to accomplish? Wouldn't it be better if you simply forgot that wish? I think Magnifico's doing a great service here. Well, you know, it's interesting that you put it that way, Dan, and it goes back to your question that you asked right before I showed my t-shirt and proved all dreams can come true. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, all dreams can't come true, but there's this tension, as the research shows, if you you tell people they can do things, Mm -hmm. they can do better than if you tell them they mm-hmm. can't. I believe I just but, said that in our previous segment, as a matter of fact. It's no, a Pygmalion That's effect. what I was pointing I was reminding you of that, Dan. I, was, I, I told I'm you. I'm sorry. Just like you said. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I preempted that. Yeah. No, that's okay. That's okay. I do not take offense, Dan. I do not take offense. But it, it's really important yeah. because I'm, I'm a child of the 70s, mm-hmm. right? Where it was very much, you know, you think of Schoolhouse Rock, you think of all the happy cartoons. You know, we are the generation that was told we could do anything Mm -hmm. and that anyone could be president. Mm -hmm. I only learned later in life you actually have to run Mm -hmm. and you actually have to get the most of the electoral college votes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that was a shock to me. That was very different than being told anyone can be president. Yes. So I do think (laughs) there's this tension between, right, when is a dream going to become depressing (laughs) and nerve-wracking and yeah. unachievable mm-hmm. and ruin your life? Right. And when is the dream the thing that's going to motivate you, try harder, do better? So just real quick mm-hmm. story. I may not have played in the World Cup, Dan. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that may be obvious to everybody. Watch it. <laughs> I don't show up on any of the rosters. <laughs> yeah. However, mm-hmm. to Ben's point earlier, I worked damn hard. And by my senior year, I made starting varsity on my high school soccer team, which was something that I really, really wished for, probably more than wanting to be in the World Cup. So there is that fine line. Yeah. If I didn't have that dream, I wouldn't have worked very hard and, and, and been able to achieve that. So I'm not completely convinced by your argument, Dan, that getting rid of dreams is is a good thing because I, I really liked having that varsity letter <laughs> on my jacket. I mean, I, th- I think that's why it's very interesting to have someone like Magnifico um, vetting your wishes. And, you know, it'd be amazing if he granted things that were unachievable but good for society, like, you know, world peace or something. I don't, I don't have a good example here. But, like, the things we the, – the one we see him do, Grant, like this woman becoming the best tailor in the land, mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't he just let her have that and work towards being a great tailor? Like, was she incapable of becoming a great tailor through practice and, <laughs> and, and working hard? Like, you would think you would want to encourage this um, – that sort of uh, ambition in your society of hard work and and goal seeking, but he'd rather like give it for free. I don't know. I, that seems like a bad idea to me. Well, it just goes to show, Ben, he, he's not quite the smart dictator you really want. Well, we see that later for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, no, even early on, you know, Dan, you raised mm-hmm. an interesting point, right? He's mm-hmm. taking people's top dreams. Mm-hmm. But is that really how you want to run your society, right? And then he, maybe he just doesn't have the computing power or time, and then he sifts through them and he grants some back. I mm-hmm. think what you want to take is their most dangerous dream, okay? right? If you're mm-hmm. already able to explore the person's mind, right, being the best tailor you can be, that's good for the economy. Like, he probably suppressed mm-hmm. the economy in his society by not having this awesome tailor there. But, you know, inspiring the youth, he's a little worried about that because he's afraid, like, maybe you get a rabble rouser and such. So you, maybe you use that one and reflect on it. You put it aside. You keep it safe. Decide whether to give it or not. The Taylor one, you let go. But I'm sure that woman had a dangerous dream somewhere in her mind. Yeah. Yes. And that might have been a better one to take, Dan. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think here if he's really doing it in the best possible way. Well, to, to build on that a little bit, maybe it's he should be asking for their most unachievable dream. Um, you know, something that is truly a wish that they couldn't achieve on their own. That way he is one truly showing magic. Like, how do we know this woman wasn't a great tailor already anyways? All he maybe really did is give her some scissors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I guess it's a little more complex than that. Like if I wanted to be the greatest artist in the world, I would need the power of a genie to be able to help me draw. Right. I mean, I yes, think that you would, Dan. You yeah, would. I will you. agree with that. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> some of the stuff I see at the museum, you know, maybe you don't really need the, the ability to draw. That, you know, it is true. Some I, there's a famous artist. I think uh, at, I went to the Broad here in L.A. and there was one artist. I'm, he's very famous, but it looks like my, you know, my niece's art drawing in third grade. You know, I mean, uh-huh. I'm sure that there's yeah. something to it I'm not seeing. But uh, it's I, I'm sure even you could draw soup cans in different <laughs> yeah. colors. Dan. Well, yeah, you know, I like those. Uh, yeah, and my favorite here at LACMA is Sonepon Pipe. Uh, you know, the the famous uh, that's yeah. I love that one. I could probably 
do something that's clever like that, but I don't know that I can draw. I can't draw a pipe, Ben, and I would I would require <laughs> yeah. a genie to be able to, to to paint, draw, whatever like that. So you know, I I don't know that that's destructive, but oh, I see what you're saying, Dan. Like you would need his magic to grant it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I would need I would need someone's magic to be able to give me the ability to do something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I think that's where we have to go back to our being more specific. If, if you if you uh, add the categorical of I want to be the greatest life drawer in the world. Um, well, well, now you're talking about doing realistic drawings. Right. And yeah, I can't do that. And I'm guessing you can't do that either. Whereas anyone can put some uh, tape on a canvas and draw some colors and get into LACMA, because I've seen that exhibit. Right. <laughs> that's fair. And, you know, Jackson Pollock is another one that's a little controversial. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I understand. I think that there are, there are things that, me don't, that maybe I don't understand as an art history major or not an art history major that I think are tricky. But that aside, you know, I think that wishes are, uh, I think that there is a power to them, right? And... You know, inspiring the youth. Here's here's where I think, you know, Asha, the main character, this is where I think she kind of goes sideways a little bit. Right. Is that, you know, it's giving uh, that wishes are, are are tricky. Wishes are power, you know, and even inspiring the youth. It mm-hmm. depends on what you're inspiring them with, as you mentioned, then and rabble rousing. But I think, you know, I was young once, believe it or not. And then and I believe you were as well. Um, a little harder to believe. Yeah, right, right. Um, long but, time ago, Dan. Long time ago. <laughs> we all wish we were younger. But I think you know, as as a kid, there's I was the uh, I was the poster child for Dunning Kruger for sure. You know, the less I knew about something, the more I thought I was an expert. And I think that is almost a an ex, a. St- exclusively uh, a quality of youth. And I think giving someone the power to say, oh, well, you know, they should be doing this or that. The youth, are they're very naive. And I think Magnifico, in his wisdom, knows what should and shouldn't be granted. And I think that that's important. You need to have experience deciding who is going to have wishes, who is not. You can't just be throwing out wishes willy-nilly, guys. And I think you need someone in power, um, benevolent or otherwise, to, you know, put a list of that. I mean, he's still granting wishes. You know, how many wishes do we get granted here uh, in the United States? Zero. There's not a single person who can grant wishes here. And Magnifico is at least granting one. And that's more than we're getting, guys. No, I, I, you know, I'll give you that point, Dan. But I still come back to a little bit. What worries me about Magnifico. Oh, I'll I'll tell you a pro first. He does wait till they're 18. Right. Which is kind of nice because by the time you're 18, I think you're in that sweet spot of thinking, you know, more than you do. Extends further, I would, I would, I would say into your twenties. But yeah, eighteens. It does go to you, but you're peaking. You're starting to peak at eighteen. It's okay, a good fair time enough. to cut yeah. it off. Mm-hmm. Let me put it that way. <laughs> right. Whereas you know, pre eighteen, the wishes you're having, uh, you know, like I don't want to mess with those because they're not worth it. You're not going to keep them. You know, they're silly ones like my wanting to be in the World Cup. Right. Wishes start getting dangerous around eighteen. So point in his favor. Right. Claiming that he'll grant them if they turn out to be okay. Another point in his favor. I think the big thing I have trouble with is what I brought up before. Is I just, I just don't think he's smart enough to be the dictator I want. I think mm-hmm. instead of making a peaceful society, which he does, it's peaceful, I would argue it's also yeah. a tad boring. I want my peaceful, exciting society, Dan. So I want a much more intelligent, benevolent dictator, kind of like myself, 
So if I was to put someone in charge, you know, I think I have an ideal candidate, Dad. I mean, we've talked about this mm-hmm. on many shows, my ability to work cooperatively. I, I'll, I'll, my pitch, I'll put my pitch later in YouTube, but um, dead in for benevolent wish dictator, I really think, is the way to go here. Yeah, and it, well, that also proves, really quickly, mm-hmm. Ben, that also proves that delusion and Dunning-Kruger is not wasted <laughs> on the youth, and it can even happen uh, when you're a professor <laughs> at a physics phenom. Yes, go ahead, Ben, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes, just goes back to, like, he, he should be encouraging that ambition. He, like, he should be giving back the wishes that are achievable and would build the society and keep the ones that are, that once he vets them, he sh- you know, there should be some sort of, like, rejection function <laughs> where he gives them back when, when it's like, oh, you want to inspire people with your music? Go for it, buddy. Uh, give me another one where, you know, you wish for you know, being on the billboard top. (laughs) (laughs) There has to be something. Yeah. There's definitely needs to be a checks and balance system in place. I I agree with you a little bit here, Ben, Uh, but I will say, you know, in closing my, here's my last argument here. You know, uh, I, I think that Mm -hmm. a lot of times as we proved in the beginning part of this conversation is that people who are going after dreams that are impossible, it can be a recipe for disaster. You can be set yourself up for a lot of disappointment in life. And I think telling everyone that they can do anything is just simply, Simply not true, and unfortunately, you know, people get caught up in the uh, the machine meat grinder that is life. You know, and I'd like to save people from that. I'm trying to save people, guys. Here, you know, I'm trying to save them from this disappointment. I want everyone to be happy. You know me, and I think that in this, you know, creating a society that is complacent. Um, you know, our education system in here in the United States was originally built on creating factory workers that are docile, respectful, and sober. You know, you come into class on time, mm-hmm. you sit in order, you respect the teacher, uh, do what you're told. And that creates a nice, loving factory uh, where people can go in, clock in, go back home, have a nice family. There's a happiness that can be you know, that can be achieved there. Mm-hmm. That doesn't require, you know, uh, deep into your 40s and 50s where you want to be a rock star still. You know, I, I think that that can lead <laughs> mm-hmm. to unhappiness in a marriage and a life and uh, mess your kids up is what I'm saying. You know, Dan, I will tell you, you you've nailed once again how screwed up America is mm-hmm. because we had... Mm-hmm our docile control of the population, keeping everyone happy. And then we let capitalism go rampant, right? And now, mm-hmm. right, you have the opposite of this society where we are constantly bombarded by commercials telling us, right, that we are not good enough. We need to dream bigger. We need to strive harder and making us maximally unhappy. And I believe we did an episode, you know, on that. I, I actually enjoyed that. Um, what was that? I can't remember the name of the movie you made me watch. That was actually good where commercials were beamed into people's brains. Um, yeah. Strawberry Mansion. I, thank you. I was going to say yeah. Red House, so I was really close. close. I had a color close. and a house. But I, our viewers should definitely go back and watch that one because that was, you know, an uplifting movie, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that that just goes to show that if you provide the basics for everybody in society, then the wishes, you don't need to have people wishing for, you know, being a rock star or being a YouTube star or whatever, because that's the only way to be comfortable mm-hmm. in life. Um, you know, wishes can become more, more pleasant things like you know, wishing to be a good golfer because you don't have to worry about uh, 
you don't have to be a millionaire to live comfortably. Right. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I will say that when you're not controlled by those desires, though, I think that that is a key to happiness, you know, and I think yeah. I think you're right. You know, exactly. I, I think that th that is really important here. But, you know, we, we can't close this episode without discussing how people, if they at home want to make a wish, how, how could we mm -hmm. word that wish so that nothing bad happens? Obviously, you know, uh, with a million dollars when, you know, be, being rich is, is one. Um, but Ben, I believe you might have a foolproof method on how to get rich. Obviously, you don't want to just say a million dollars or as you mentioned, your parents are going to be dead. Um, sure. But how would someone <laughs> do how would someone word a wish to, you know, to have to, to be rich and let's say exceedingly so? Well, so, you know, we're, I'm going to go for the, the low hanging fruit, which is the lottery. OK, um, but you got to be very careful about it. You got to you got to wish for I'm going to win the next, you know, more. You have to be very specific. You have to say, you have to define the lottery. So say, I'm going to win <laughs> the Mega Millions. That's the biggest one. Yep. You want it, You got to give it a time frame because, mm -hmm. you know, the genie could be like, you know, 100 years from now. So you say something mm -hmm. like, I'm going to win within the next month, I'm going to win the next Mega Millions. Mm -hmm. And you got to say that it's worth a certain amount because it starts not very high. So say the, uh, the, Jackpot's got to be worth at least, say, let's say $100 million within okay. the next month. And you got to say, I'm going to be the sole winner from buying a single ticket. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and if you do all those things, I think, I think that's enough. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe they, they're still going to get you. <laughs> I hope not, though. <laughs> I don't know. That feels pretty good. What do you think, Dan? And do you think, are there any holes in that one? I don't think there's any real holes in that one. I have to admit, I'm a little more cautious, Dan. I'm nervous about, you know, directly wishing for a lot of money because I, as smart as I know I am, I don't think I'm smart mm -hmm. enough to outsmart the genie. So I think I mm -hmm. would confuse mm -hmm. them by going for just the few elements of wealth I'd like. I, I haven't quite worked out the wording, but it's sort of... It's something along the lines of always getting that first class upgrade when I'm flying without anyone I know mm. care about or liking dying and freeing up the seat. Um, and since right. no one I know is ever flying first class, I feel like <laughs> this is a very, very, you know, safe kind of wealth level wish. Um, and if at the same time I could get a decent car out of it, that's the part I'm trying to figure out. Like, can you get two things mm. in a single wish? I don't know. That seems risky. Um, ooh, ooh, well, Denon. With the card, then we could go on prices right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. Well, I, I would make a wish about travel, but I, you know, the things you got to look out for is you don't want to end up being killed and then having your coffin sent across the world right, somehow. Yes. Mm. Uh, you got to make sure that you're not traveling in a suitcase as someone's hostage, right, yep. or you mm. know, there, there, there are there are these pitfalls you really do have to to to, to consider. Yep. So for those out there, if your birthday's coming up, if you got a couple extra coins in your pocket and you stumble across a wishing well be careful you know review ben's description of, of making some money and i think i think you're probably in in pretty good shape here uh but if there is a wish you want us to grant and we're able to you know please you know let us know all about it you can find the show on social media we are on twitter formerly x wait no i wish uh, x formerly twitter <laughs> at f triple gbt pod we're on facebook at f triple gbt and of course our website is f triple gbt Dot com, but you can get in touch with us individually. Denon, where can people find you? 
Well, you can find me on all the major social media platforms. It's generally flip my name at Denon Michael. Few exceptions. If you're looking for me on YouTube, it's so old, it's just Michael Denon still. If you're looking for me on Facebook, that's almost as old, and it's Prof Denon Michael. I needed a prof in there for some reason. Um, and you can, of course, find my new series, The Physics of X, where X is everything except politics, on my YouTube channel. So that's easy to do. Well, I wish you would do an X on politics just to see what would happen <laughs> if you blew people's minds. That's my wish to you. Uh, what about you, Ben? Where can people find you? People can find me on all the major social media networks at B Seepser. How do you spell that? Spell that B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. And you can find me on X, formerly Twitter, at Daniel J. Glenn, on Instagram, at the Daniel J. Glenn, and on Facebook, at Analytical Mastermind. And I, like you, Denon, have my own website, DanielJGlenn.com. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And I wish for our YouTube viewers to hit the like button, ring that bell, and subscribe so they never miss an episode. And finally, this show contains powerful information that can be misused by those hell-bent on world domination. Now, you want to take this information and do good with it when given the choice. Always be a superhero, never a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, of course, if you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? We're on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you're not already subscribed to those platforms, I made it easy for you. Go to our website, ftriplegbt.com. You'll find links to those subscribe buttons and also links to our social media, both for the show and for our individual experts, the members of the Brain Trust. That's all right there ftriplegbt.com. And before you leave, don't forget to check out our other episodes. You can find the link at the top of the page for everything we've got, and you'll notice that we've got both a YouTube version and an audio-only version, depending on what you like. We got it for you, and if you do like those videos, you can go ahead and subscribe to those as well. We're on youtube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. And once again, if you like this show, you're going to like everything that I do. Go to danieljglenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.